It's time to discuss Void Eclipse. It's a turn-based strategy game set in a sci-fi world. It blends a whole bunch of different genres together, and I had a blast talking about it. We covered a whole bunch of stuff, but don't take my word for it. It's time to talk about the game. Before we get into the game itself, where did the name Tau City come from? I mean, it's mostly just like sci-fi geek and space geek, so it's just like a local nearby star system, okay. and it's like, hey, why not? And then, you know, it was like, okay, I gotta make a logo, and the, the Tau symbol is like, like works in there real well, so yeah. And the team, is it, it's just you, or how many people are in your team right now? There's people that come in and out, you know, so uh, it started out with my brother, who does concept art, and so he... Did all the illustrations for the cards so we kind of came up yeah when you work with a concept artist you kind of bounce ideas off each other and go back and forth and so he kind of worked with me came up with the two alien species and then uh what you know once you settle on kind of an art direction and everything you get your key art in there then you got to work forward towards like you know what, what are the units going to be you know once we kind of just settled on that um it's just a matter of you know doing illustrations and took over a couple years to kind of get through all of them outside of him i've had some sound design some like sound effects done a music composer for some of the music i had someone come in just after the kickstarter i needed to set up like a menu save system and all mm, that yeah and someone came in and helped with that and the icons and stuff okay so like yeah. less of a team and more kind of like freelance work to kind of help you where you need the help at basically at this point how long have you been working on this game right now been like a little over two years or somewhere around that point i i think i came up with the concept in like 2015 started working on it in 2016 Oh wow! You know, didn't didn't quit my day job till the end of 2016. So it's been a, it's been a long time coming. But I would say that like the game development kind of goes in spurts. You know, until you're at that point. You know, until we got to the Kickstarter and it was really like something you can show people and just move forward with. Yeah. It was a lot of like try out some things. You know, do this and then we kind of spin down for a little while and get feedback and all that. What kind of drove yeah, you to create sure. a card game? Honestly, I was probably playing a ton of Hearthstone at the time while I was at my uh, typical software job. Okay. And I really liked how that game, it took, you know, what everyone kind of loved about Magic and was like, how do we get more people playing something like that in a bunch of different form factors? And so that inspired me to like try to make a card game that took a lot of what I love from like StarCraft, and you know other other like RTS and turn-based tactics like XCOM and stuff like that, and try to like bring some of those core, fun little tactical choices and things into a more of a card game setting. And so blending the card game setting with kind of like this campaign and the RPG elements to it, what was there's a lot of there's a lot going on with that. How what was the biggest issues in development when you're kind of trying to sort through all of that and create a title you know each time you get it in front of an audience like a new audience you see a different side of the game so i think you know start starting out it was just it was a lot of like figuring out the basics how big is the grid gonna be how are how are you gonna move stuff around um but it was like really getting in front of people and having them play it and try it out and a lot of like to be honest like there wasn't a lot of value of having someone play it and then tell you what they thought so much as if someone like it's awesome when people can take a video or you can stand behind them mm -hmm. so um for people that i knew having them play it and me stand behind them i learned a little bit about it but i think really getting in front of a stranger who's maybe 
you know, doesn't know what you're going for, doesn't know what you're creating. Yeah. And having them play it is really helpful. It's just kind of where the technology is at now, where basically everyone has video recording on their PC, mm-hmm. has been super helpful to like have people play through, see where they get stuck, see what they're getting confused on. That's been probably the biggest thing that brings the development forward. But in, tr- in terms of like less than just like that general aspect, some things that have changed along the way. You know, I think originally I had this idea of just having both sides of the cards coming at each other and like sliding forward. And that was just awkward. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like maybe stemming from some auto battle. It was before the auto battlers got popular, um, but it just didn't work because it wasn't really what I was trying to create. So what really jived was when I realized, like, okay, I can't just have them auto move. I got to give you the ability to move around. So you have a resolve meter that regenerates each turn, and that kind of limits how many of your special abilities you can spam um, from all the units. Because there is a campaign element to the game itself. And which is unique for a lot of different card games because some of them just kind of walk around that completely. So for you, what does what does the campaign entail and kind of how does it impact the story's progression, the gameplay progression, kind of all of those things together? So the core piece of the game is these battles that you have on each planet. Mm. And then each planet you're visiting inside of this mission that you go on. So you go on a mission, you can build up some units, you can put them in ships, and you can fly around to each turn a few different moves from planet to planet, star system to star system. And then overarching that, so once you complete a mission, um, is kind of the overarching campaign where you're choosing which mission to go on, and each one of those missions that you choose has certain rewards. So one of the main things that you're doing and progressing as you go through the campaign is permanent unit unlocks, where you're essentially, if you're thinking about it as a card game, that's putting a new type of unit into your deck. And then as you move forward in the campaign, you're also getting uh, experience each mission. And that experience can be spent on upgrading each one of your units to have those new abilities. One thing I noticed in the game's campaign is you can unlock certain like personality traits as you play through it. Walk through what exactly that is and how it impacts the game itself. So those personality traits are uh, basically three different traits, feared, admired, and trusted. Okay. And they unlock this trait pool that each have three abilities. And once you get those, once you've earned that reputation, you can unlock abilities that improve that resolve meter that you have in battle. So you kind of start out with this basic set of resolve that just regenerates one point each turn. And as you progress, you're gonna get more abilities, you want want to use them all the time. Mm -hmm. And so having a way to kind of slowly trickle that in over the campaign is kind of where that's at. You briefly touched on, you know, the concept behind the two different alien species. Can you kind of go into a little bit more detail on them before we move into the gameplay aspect? When we kind of went through and tried to come up with what the species were going to be, we started with the Baragon, and that's the first species you play through in the prologue and, and the first act. And they're supposed to be this species that come from a home world that's covered, it's an ocean covered in ice. You can think of like Europa mm-hmm. and all the various sci-fi stories around that. And then they're uplifted by some group that you kind of find out about later and spread to the stars with lots of different technology. And so they've got all the classic sci-fi tech, like cloaking and shields and missiles and and all of that okay and then the other species uh, is the solar they're more like a hive species and they're like these constantly consuming evolving nanites that they don't really die when you kill them so much as they just kind of change form so one of the core units for them is the nanoswarm and the idea being when you're playing the game and you kill one of the units that's not a nanoswarm it 
dies and in its place is another one of these swarms. They're kind of more of, you know, rather than cloaking and missiles and stuff like that, they're all about mind control and mimicking and consuming and using some of, um, they've got a lot of abilities where they you know, maybe hurt their own units in order to have some sort of advantage. One of the things I was trying to figure out when I was looking through different stuff for your game was, can you pick between the two different species which one you're going to play as? And if you can pick between the two, is there a certain advantage between one and the other when you're going into a match? So to be honest, like I actually started the game with multiplayer in mind, mm. and I think I spent the first year on multiplayer. I even had it going out on, you know, AWS servers and, and all of that. So that, I mean, that was fun, mm. but I quickly realized like people don't know how to play unless they have a tutorial and a campaign and once you've done that you you have a single player experience and there's just yeah you can't do both yeah unless you've got a much bigger team with that in mind you don't choose right now because right now you're kind of playing through a, a story campaign pretty much the first act is you're playing as one yeah the second act you're playing as another talk to me about some of the different units i know there's a ton of them so obviously we can't cover all of them at the time we have for this interview, but kind of briefly touch on a couple of the different ones, a couple of the different kinds, and kind of how you can use them in the different matches. I should explain the core mechanics basically is you have shields that can take a few hits and it doesn't matter how big, how much damage they do, it just kind of lowers the energy of the shield. Then when the shield goes down, then it's this classic armor reduces the impact um, and then you've got your health. And if your health is gone, your unit's dead. Okay. You've got a couple different core types of attacks. You've got one that's energy-based that can just destroy shields in one hit. You've got one that's explosive that can whittle down people's armor, which is useful for the later units that have like really high armor values. I noticed when I was looking through some stuff for the game that you can upgrade specific skills and abilities for each unit. Um, can you kind of briefly touch on how that will work in the game? So you, you earn your XP on each mission, mm -hmm. and then you have, obviously you have those core abilities that are kind of inherent to the unit for some units. And then you have 10 skills that you upgrade for each one. And you have like defensive tree and an offensive tree. And your kind of defensive tree is like, you know, there are some offensive abilities in there, but they tend to kind of have a defensive theme. Mm -hmm. How does deck building kind of work within this game? Is it something that's a major part of it? Is it not really an aspect of the game itself? Kind of talk to me about that. I think that's probably one thing that, that did change is like, I love card games and I love the aspect of randomly drawing things and thinking about statistics and probabilities with that. Yeah. But with the way that you move around in the mission and with your fleets, it, it actually made more sense to do away with some of that. And so in a sense, I would say the deck building is that the fact that you're unlocking units as you go, as you progress, and those are kind of being added to your, your tool set. And then you can choose on each mission, you know, which ones you're going to actually spend or in resources to manufacture. Okay. So you might have various units unlock um, for one mission that you go into and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going up against these and I, I need this combo of units. But then the next mission, you might decide not to spend the resources on those and unlock a different set. So the deck building is, I don't wanna say that it's actually deck building mm. <laughs> because that's not thats not really where it is at this point. But I think like a lot of a lot of the, the ideas behind it started out that way, yeah. Have you ever considered doing like other different modes for the game where like maybe there's like a, a king piece on the field that you would have to take out something along that line or? Yeah, like every developer I think up of features I'll never be able to complete, but they're, they're, I, I really like the idea of adding 
some environmental features mm -hmm. to kind of make each planet stand out. So I actually have some artwork ready to go and I have like a architecture ready to go of similar to Into the Breach and how some of those environmental mechanics work out in each environment. So we'll, we'll see if, that, if that's useful coming forward if people like that. I might put a few of them in. I might put one in for the lava and the snow world and see what people think and then and then move forward from there. The biggest mode that I've been thinking about is like a kind of like a roguelite dungeon. You're allowed to unlock units as you progress in these very like fairly linear kind of roguelite. Maybe you have a couple choices of like go this way, go that way and then unlock as you move forward. And you're kind of moving against these different combos um, as you go towards like a, a boss. Now that the game is out, what are the next steps for it? Do you have DLC planned? Do you have, with a game like this, I would imagine it's fairly simple to kind of just insert new cards for players to play with. Kind of what's planned, what's the roadmap from here out? The first two things that I have planned was kind of make a, a prototype of the that dungeon crawler sort of roguelite mode mm. um, where you're just doing battles you're not worrying you're not worrying about fleet movement and and all the rest and you're just having some simple progression as you play through and then the other piece would be working on seeing if i can add in controller support because once you do the controller support it's pretty it's on unreal engine it's pretty trivial to port it to other platforms like xbox playstation that sort of thing and I've had those other consoles and platforms in mind. Yeah. That's why I have, for all the special stuff, it's like a click wheel. That translates pretty easy over to consoles. Okay. When you're an indie developer, sure. there's a lot of there's a lot of things you have to get past, from budgeting to your, your solo developers. So everything falls on you. There's a lot of bumps along the road. So kind of what, in terms of development, in terms of marketing, whatever it could be, what kind of proved to be the biggest roadblock for you while you were kind of creating this game? I think the biggest roadblock has really been marketing, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm 37, so I'm basically an old man in social media terms. And uh, I did an interview last you know, night, and the guy said the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was kind of interesting at first, mm -hmm. um, but I think, like, that's that's just not really my skill my skill set. Okay. Like, I'm okay at, like, throwing together some, some, some marketing art and, and stuff like that. And I, I enjoy making trailers and making movies. I've done all my own stuff with like Photoshop and After Effects and stuff. Yeah. But in terms of like being a true marketer and really, you know, dialing in on like, how are we going to make this stand out? That's been the toughest piece. I have to ask, you know, with card game development, the market, I would say, is a very niche one. So for you specifically, have you ever thought about branching out outside of it down the road with games? Or is this kind of where you want to stay with your development process? I think if I was, so for instance, if I was thinking about a sequel, mm -hmm. I, I would seriously consider, and I, I have had it suggested to me by other developers that have played it or, or looked at it, yeah. I would consider making the units just like small animated characters. You know, I would still end up doing like the, the concept on, you know, on in 2D, mm -hmm. but I might make them like small animated characters because I think there's a concept that people have with card games that it's tied to these monetary currencies or collectibles. And it can be, it can be hard to say like, no, 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 you're just, you're just buying this once. I swear, <laughs> I don't have any micro transactions or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I'm just a fan of cards, but it, 
can be hard to communicate that in a 15 second trailer for instance yeah yeah so have you had a lot of comparisons to stuff that's saturated the market on insanely high levels like Gwent and stuff like that have you had those players come in and kind of have a certain expectation and it just hasn't been the case yeah you know i think there's just so many card games out there mm. that i honestly have i don't think i've had very many people who are into card games actually aware of it. So even really? though, you know, I start my trailer out with card games and it's all about card games, just the fact there's another piece to it, Yeah. that there's this larger campaign with, you know, this 3D thing going on. I think that communities that I've tended to see it get noticed in are like the Forex and, you know, tactical strategy communities more so than the card game communities. What's your favorite part of the game itself? what from a character, a gameplay aspect, whatever it may be, what's what's your favorite part of it? To be honest, you know, once I got the AI in there, I kind of surprised myself uh, with, with all the special abilities. You know, there, I, I tried to make them really as unique as possible, mm -hmm. and I was surprised with how the AI realized what combo was going to work best and it tricked me a few times like oh i didn't i didn't think about doing it that way mm -hmm. um so that's a lot of fun for me like I, I love i love all the different abilities and i think that's probably the, the the biggest thing i want to to show in whatever mode i add is getting people in there right away before all the choices and all the other stuff and have them see like this is a game about upgrading your characters and getting their abilities out there and, and strategizing around that perfect all right Tell me about the social pages before we wrap it up. Tell me about where they can find the game, where they can find you, all of it. For sure. Uh, you can go straight to our Steam store, uh, Void Eclipse. Uh, you can also go to our website, www.voideclipse.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, once again, we're Tau City Studios on Twitter. Those are the those are the only three that I can manage. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> and there you have it. Tile Study Studios, all their social media is down below. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you support him because his game is very impressive and it blends a whole bunch of really cool things together. Take it easy, y'all.